Hello, and welcome to episode 116 of Below the Fold, where some of the best content is just a scroll away. Today's conversation, 2016 Digital Marketing Predictions. Let me throw down some introductions. We got Nate Birch in the studio, SEO manager at MapArt Technologies. That's me. Brandon Hassler, founder and CEO of Market Campus. What's up, my man? And Paxton Gray, Director of Marketing Operations at 97th Floor. Hi there. And I am Jacob Perry, Digital Marketing Manager at Myriad Genetics. Before we get started, let me mention this episode's sponsor. It's Self-Publishing University. They are the go-to resource for learning how to successfully publish and profit. They offer a step-by-step resource that covers the entire publishing process from beginning to end, and they're great for beginners and seasoned professionals. All right, guys, 2016 predictions. We've got Brandon over here. He's got his crystal ball. Paxton, he's got his tarot cards, and Nate's got his uh, Ouija board, and uh, <laughs> and I've got my laptop open, so we should be good. Paxton, this was your topic. You wanted to throw down some... Uh, yeah, it was. It was my topic. Oh, yeah. why'd you shake your head at me? Because I don't want to start. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to start this off? I don't mind. I, I had thrown it out there last night that... I, I wanted some additional direction as far as breaking this up, but Brandon thought it might be better if we just kind of do free, a round around the table. Yeah, free for all, where we just kind of throw out our predictions for 2016, which I think is okay. I mean, for the most part, I'm, I'm going to try to guide it so that we stay on track to some degree. By the way, I should mention this. I think this episode is going to air around January 31st. At the time of this recording, we're at the end of December, so it's important to note that we did not have the benefit of having January as a prep month to figure this stuff out. Anyway, Brian, in 2016 predictions, where do you want to start? So this is going to be very vague, but I mean, I was looking at just the different areas of digital marketing specifically and two big areas we always talk about, social and uh, kind of the SEO aspect, and a lot of things can go I mean, a lot of things bleed together, but uh, with social specifically, I do think social is going to continue to be a bigger and bigger thing on the internet with more platforms popping up, current platforms getting bigger, but I think we're going to see a lot more people marketing. So, I mean, it's just human psychology where we connect better with other humans. And I feel that brands are figuring that out now. And if they haven't, they're going to figure that out. I think we're going to see a lot more collaboration with influencers just because it's it's easier to connect with with an audience through an actual person. Audi could do an ad about how awesome their cars are. They could do cool stories with their cars, but people are always going to follow and engage more with people. So we have, of course, you know, we look at YouTubers and people on Instagram who are individuals who are super influential. And then you're already seeing that with brands working with them. But I think brands are going to have to start identifying people within their own company if they don't want to pay, you know, the high amounts of money to get some YouTuber to work with them for one video. That's just one video. I think they're going to have to start having someone at the company. Rand Fishkin for Moz is the perfect example. I always go to Gary Vaynerchuk with very with uh, VaynerMedia and Wine Library. Those are two guys you could say outliers, but they're great examples of they have their own fan base. And that fan base really helps leverage and validate the uh, audience. So that's one. I'll start with that. So, hang, and I have yeah, some I, I want to follow up on that. So, you, do you think that companies are 
going to start leaning more toward finding someone within their company to be the face of their company. You had thrown out Audi at the beginning. We've got Moz and VaynerMedia who have Rand and Gary. Do you think that companies like Audi or McDonald's or whatever are going to have their face? I guess McDonald's has Ronald, right? But do you, so Audi, for example, you think they'll have some spokesperson within the company who becomes the face to try to build a better relationship with their consumer? So non-fictional. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I, for some reason, Myriad Genetics just popped in, which is your company, which I think is an interesting case study because it's a very faceless company. I mean, it's, you know, it deals with cancer, genetics and all that stuff. A very, quote unquote, boring, boring industry, even though it's very important and very profitable and whatnot. But I think that's one that's going to be a tough company for Myriad to say, well, who's going to be the person inside of our company that's going to be the face I think for some companies like Myriad, starting out, it might be a lot easier to work with someone like a woman on Instagram. If the market is women with breast cancer or whatnot, look for up and coming Instagram people. Yeah, not the Kim Kardashian level, but people and influencers, who, influencers. People, yeah, yeah and, and kind of work with them. And they're, they don't officially work for you, but you're, you're pushing your content out through them. And it's going to be way more effective than trying to build your Instagram account with your myriad logo because people connect better with faces over logos. Believe it, or, believe it or not, we have done something like that. In fact, if you go to Myriad's Facebook page right now, our patient-facing Facebook page, you'll see that the profile picture is made up of four faces. And you may be surprised to know that one of the four faces on the profile picture is me. Interesting. So, Brandon, do you see that as different than, for example, athlete sponsors for... For Nike, where they're paid to come in and promote the product, be the face, at least temporarily, of the brand. Do you see it as any different than that? Yeah, because that's, you're talking about like, like you take LeBron James with Nike. I think he's with Nike. I can never remember. Uh, I apologize. That's not correct to Nike or whoever the <laughs> brand's paying in millions of dollars. But those are, that's different when you have celebrities and they're just doing paid endorsements. I think when I'm talking influencers, I'm talking about people who just have naturally build up an audience and they aren't they're they're just i they're a person to push content through and so the ideal situation is identify someone early and kind of bring them in as your unofficial you know girl on instagram or or a guy on google plus whatever and start just pushing the content through them or identify someone in your co your company if there is someone that has that personality that has the creativity to be the face of the company and yeah, that's, I just, that's one little guess, I think, is just being more personal and social. No, I, I think, I think that's true. In fact, something that you had said sparked an idea as far as getting evangelists, people who don't technically work for your company, but are huge advocates of it and will do anything that they can to, to get that word along. To go along with that, the only thing I see that uh, your example of Rand and, and Gary being kind of a terrible example is that both of those guys own those companies. Yeah. Whereas in your, uh, we kind of keep going down that conversation and it's not necessarily imperative or important that it's the owner or the CEO, but that there's just someone out there who, who is a, a person. It humanizes your brand. Well, that's, that's the entire reason that influencer marketing has taken off. You have a person that can technically be, call it disconnected monetarily from the, well, not monetarily, but their incentive is actually to help other people similar to them. So influencer marketing, they use their previously established connections, be it social media, be it their own blog, whatever they use to 
promote products of other people and whether they get compensated or not they are a powerful force okay so that's prediction number one as far as social media businesses are going to get a little bit more personal and try to find a face for their company any other let's stick with the social media topic any other predictions for social media yeah i have something to throw in yeah go ahead i'm a little hesitant to make predictions only because at best you say something that just turns out to be true and people just think you know they don't think anything. At worst, you look like an idiot for making saying something stupid. Is it, is it in the word prediction? Like if we just call them guesses. All right, yeah. everybody, we're, we're just guessing here. <laughs> yeah. Based on the limited information we have about the future, uh, this is our guess. Yeah, prediction sounds kind of arrogant to me. But last year, one of the things that I predicted was that, you know, everyone was saying 2015 was going to be the year of mobile. And I predicted that, after the end of the year, people would be saying that 2016 is going to be the year of mobile. And I think I'm wrong on that. There was a lot of mobile stuff that happened. Anyway, so that's kind of why I'm a little gun shy to make predictions. But one thing that I think will happen, if if it's not this year, then next year, either the downfall or the complete overhaul of LinkedIn, I think that they have a pretty bad track record of being behind the curve on what people want out of the platform. And I think most of their decisions are very reactive instead of proactive compared to someone like Facebook, who is constantly innovating, testing and trying new things out to deliver better services, especially if you we've got uh, here in a few weeks launching uh, Facebook at work. You know, as from what I understand, that's going to be more of like an intranet for most companies, but that could easily evolve into basically a complete LinkedIn killer. And uh, I, I see that happening pretty soon unless LinkedIn somehow steps up their game, but I don't see that happening. So follow-up question is specific to LinkedIn. What do you see as the lead indicator that would give you the ability to predict or guess that? So I've, I've looked a lot on LinkedIn. Uh, I, I, I spend some time there. I, I read some stuff there. In my opinion, the majority of the stuff that I see on LinkedIn is pretty bad. The only things that go like viral on LinkedIn are the, it shows a math problem and we have to guess what the answer is, like all that bull crap. And that's the only stuff that actually gets shared and liked on LinkedIn. There's never any good content. Whereas Facebook, there's lots of good content that does go share. Obviously, there's lots of crap, but there is some good stuff. People like to be on Facebook, but people just don't like LinkedIn in general. It's kind of the butt of every social media joke. Yeah, it's still considered one of the big three as right. far as social media networks go. Uh, one of the lead indicators I see is because I agree with you. I think LinkedIn is. Uh, I think they've already started their the process of bettering their network. And what was it? Just two weeks ago, they came out with a new mobile app for LinkedIn. Yep. That like completely changed the way that LinkedIn was being done on mobile. In have you fact, used it? I, yeah, I have. I, was, I don't. I don't get it. Well, to, to be honest, there's there are portions that I don't understand either. I was just talking about this yesterday with a colleague, and I the first thing that came to my mind was Tinder. Because your notifications, right. you either swipe left or swipe right. But I don't get what the difference is between the two. Like one is like, I'm going to ignore this. And the other one is, I'm going to delete this. Like, what's the difference? Yeah, like, I, I don't know. But I'm, I'm, I am I'm can never remember which way to swipe. So it's not so unsafe I'm just like, for later? I, no, I don't know. No. I, I have no idea. I, I, I never see it again. It doesn't matter what which way I swipe. Anyway, the, my point is that there is evidence that LinkedIn has already started to try and improve their platform. It just happened on mobile. I haven't, I mean, 
there's one actual thing that I want to bring up as far as LinkedIn and it's, they did something, I think it was this year that was in my mind, a step or two back. And that is the ability to BCC your network. So right now you, if you want to send one message to a bunch of people, you either do it individually and just copy and paste, or you send it to a bunch of people, but those bunch of people, you can't hide everyone else from. And that was just something that they changed this year. And, and I was reading up on it and a lot of people are kind of pissed off about that. I don't know. To, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at your guys' faces yeah. as I say that. And it's as if you have never experienced that <laughs> nope, before. I haven't nope. experienced it. <laughs> just to go back to the cards, you swipe right, it's next card. You swipe left and it's dismiss card. But by dismissing it, it goes to the next card anyway. Right. Yeah. So like, I don't, I have no idea. Well, is that similar to a Pandora, for example? If you're listening through and you thumbs down it, it will then change the feed that you get for the rest of the music. Whereas if you don't, if you don't like it, for example, that doesn't positively change what. Well, there's no like here. Well, I don't think no, I I don't think that's it, Nate. Mainly because if somebody wants to connect with you on the network, that's a notification. But if you keep dismissing that, they're not just going to stop showing you people who want to connect with you. Yeah. Oh, so those are connections that they're recommending. It's not content. It's just notifications. It's whatever notification right. you have. It's not your feed. Someone had a birthday. Like I got you. Honestly, there's or a work stuff anniversary. Like work anniversary. I get that. I don't. I don't want to see people's people's birthday in LinkedIn. No. Personally, I didn't know that. Once something they shared. Yeah, this. I think this was with the new app that they created. One thing that I really dislike that they're doing that Facebook has been doing for a long time is it doesn't matter how long you are off the platform. Whenever you go back in, there's always notifications. And Facebook does this all the time. Like they will scrape the bottom of the barrel just so they can get that little red one for you to click on some notification. They'll find something. I hate that. Well, they have similar on LinkedIn where it's not every time you get on, but as soon as you scroll down a certain distance or if you've been on the the platform long enough, it will always pop up with there's one or two updates that you didn't see. So LinkedIn has started to do that same thing. Like they're giving me notifications about crap I don't care about. It's smart, though. I got to tell you, I'm on the LinkedIn mobile app like a hundred times more than I was three weeks ago. Sure. But I, I, so going back to my, you know, predictions, I I just think that LinkedIn, yes, they're making some changes, but in my opinion, those changes are very reactive, trying to counteract a lot of negative feedback they're getting from users. Whereas Facebook, typically their changes are more proactive. They're not waiting for the feedback. They're going out and solving problems before we even realize they're, they exist. Yeah, yeah I, I could definitely see Facebook coming in and taking a lot of the audience of LinkedIn because if you look at the demographics of, of Facebook, it is the older audience. Mm-hmm. And where that is primarily who uses LinkedIn, it's, I mean, it's, it's a professional network. Well, even if you go back to like the, what is the core of LinkedIn, the core of LinkedIn is basically bragging about yourself, which is what makes the platform the butt of everyone's jokes. Whereas Facebook, when they do this whole Facebook at work thing, they're setting their foundation as this is a tool that people use to get work done. It's like an internet. So you could easily convert that into what LinkedIn is now without having that weird buy, like that weird stigma that this whole platform exists so I can brag about myself here, all my awards and all the awesome things that I've done. Well, if you think about it as a resume, you're you're trying to tout all of the positive achievements. Exactly. You've done. So you're trying to put yourself in the most positive light. But people, people, I'm I, my prediction, I guess, is that people will use won't use Facebook at work in that manner. They won't use it as their resume. But in the end, I think it will be treated as your resume, so they'll avoid that weird stigma. But as far as I'm concerned, Facebook at work is more like a Slack, right? Competitor, That's right? What so I'm you're saying. still using yeah, your Facebook management. personal profile. 
You yes. just also have access to your company's Facebook version of Slack. Yeah. What I'm just saying, though, is I, I bet that eventually it will evolve into something that's more akin to LinkedIn with the features of Slack and basically task management work workflow software. But I think it will eventually evolve to where you connect with other people on different internets and it becomes basically your new LinkedIn. Does anyone else feel like Facebook is trying to do too much? <laughs> Sometimes. It's like, oh, uh, three billion people. That's not enough. Let's try to get more people onto our platform <laughs> by adding features from YouTube. For Okay, so I think this is kind of a good direction to go in while we're talking about Facebook. And even though we were just talking about LinkedIn, Facebook and the new video features, there have been a lot of articles speculating whether or not it's going to compete with YouTube, even to the extreme of some people saying that it uh, down with YouTube. Right. Mm -hmm. I keep looking at Brandon because I think I've talked to him about it before. I'm just going to throw it out there. How many of you think that Facebook video, the way that they're going, is going to compete with YouTube in a way that it's really going to hurt YouTube? This year? Yeah, in 2016. No. No, not even close. Yeah, I think for me, the reason I, I agree that I think Facebook has the potential, but with the way they're heading until they monetize, until they share that with creators, you're always going to have people motivated to create original good content for YouTube. Plus, I remember Rand Fishkin just sent out a, uh, it wasn't him that published it, but he tweeted it. It showed that I think over 80% of the video on Facebook is ripped off from YouTube illegally, right. and they just repost it. So Facebook's bragging about all these views, but they're really all original YouTube content. And YouTube still has the search functionality that Facebook doesn't because a lot of these videos are being posted on private Facebook profiles and they can only get out so far in that network. Uh, whereas YouTube right now, you still have the ability to be discovered. I think Facebook has a potential with the social platform they have, but I don't see them making that switch anytime soon. They should though. Nate, what do you think? Honestly, it really depends on what the Facebook's goal is. If you look at the core of their platform is to connect people and YouTube doesn't really have that goal. They have the goal of being a video platform of choice, whether it's if you want to use them as your hosting provider or honestly use them as, as the waste your time and, or I want to learn something or I want to be able to teach someone something else and I want to make revenue off of it. I mean, YouTube right now is the number one, number two search engine. As I mean, sometimes yeah. that seems odd to me, but I remember when Facebook updated its search feature it's it's really not good. It's never been good. No. Hey, so I just want to uh, say one last thing with social before we, we move on. We've probably spent a little too much time on social because social, as it relates to other digital marketing topics, is pretty lame. But I did have one prediction that I wanted to throw out there, and that's that social media is going to incorporate more of an e-commerce feel to it, meaning that people can go to your social profile and purchase products directly from your social profile have you guys heard or seen anything about that twitter's definitely doing that twitter pinterest yep. youtube yeah yeah i definitely and, see that yeah so that it's just barely started right pinterest just kind of is a relatively new thing where you can start buying the things that you see which seems obvious that that would be something that should have happened a long time ago but hasn't uh what about what about facebook right you you have specific company pages do you guys see it becoming more of a product page where people can browse directly on facebook and it has a shopping cart 
and people can buy directly from your social channel? I think it goes back to the intent for each network. If you think about Pinterest, I was just reading that 80% of Pinterest users end up purchasing something that they saw on Pinterest, whether it's a project or whatever it is. I don't see the same intent with Facebook. I see Facebook as connecting with well, friends, now. family. Well, right now, yes. And what I'm saying is change. the core of their network would have to shift. You're right, the core, right? But we're, I mean, we're talking billions of people. Even if you take a small percentage of those people, because there are company pages out there that, that companies are driving people to to try to like and you know they can do giveaways and contests or whatever. But what I see happening is that Facebook turns on this like affiliate marketing type scenario or, or feature where every sale that's made through Facebook, Facebook makes a portion of that money. Well, what about taking that one step further and any, any sale that is made through the Facebook platform, the person who puts that, who referred the sale over, basically another affiliate. Oh, so yeah. if I share some, hey, check out this watch I just got, I love it. You click on my profile, you buy that, I get a cut. Oh, yeah. I can sure. do that right Could now you, with the Amazon affiliate. But, I mean, to well, be yeah. Honest, yeah. Well, I'm, Amazon isn't a social channel. Yeah, I mean, no, no, affiliates, no, I can, yes, you can post the link on Facebook. Yes, what, exactly. This is different because it's all within the, the shopping same platform. part is on Facebook. Uh, you're not going and leading off to another site. But to be honest, like, like when that happens, and I could see that happening, I am going to delete my Facebook. Like, I, do not, yeah. I do not want to play retire from that. Facebook. At I don't the moment, think they're going to have the affiliate it. stuff. Why not? I, I agree that they're going to have a shopping cart. Like I, I know that they're going to eventually going to be the Shopify. It's Facebook.com slash here. There's my cart. Facebook gets it. It integrates. Do you see this but happening in 2016 or beyond? I see it happening in late 2016. I, I don't think they're going to. I know they're going to get into it because yeah. Facebook's goal is to take over the world and you never leave Facebook.com. Facebook just doesn't have the trust or the security to be able to handle all the all the payment transactions on their platform. Yeah. It's just not there. But as soon trust as you start. Trust security from users? I am not going to put my payment information in the Facebook. I platform. think you're a, you're a unicorn there. People, uh, you're people, absolutely a uniform a unicorn. Everybody's don't going care, to man. People for don't sure. Care. Ninety percent, more than ninety percent of people. I guess that's why internet fraud is increasing. What? I <laughs> said. So I guess that's why internet fraud and uh, identity theft is increasing. Probably. Yeah, it's definitely going to increase. But I can Actually, tell you, man, that, that's another prediction like is that, that online security, I think, is going to be a bigger deal where, where more and more people are, are recognizing that that's a need. Oh, dude, that whole subject just makes me tired, like, because I know it, like, it upsets me so much and I don't even know what to do about it. Like, I, you know. Yeah, it's so overwhelming that you're just like, I'm just not going to do anything yeah, about like it. Like, I just, I'm, I have to just not care. <laughs> hey, so what's, what, where are we on time? We got five minutes left. Is that? To 30 or is that till last word? Till last word. Oh, okay, great. So let's leave social, okay? Because this <laughs> sounds good. Fair enough. <laughs> but I'm, to I'm be honest, edit half like, of this out so that no, we can don't, talk man. Like social, I think, is going to be bigger and bigger and bigger. Like right now, you, I mean, you mentioned before, like how it's the lame part. It's going to be the Less part. lame. Yeah, it's going to be the part of marketing, yeah, like digital sure. marketing. So I wanted to go into a couple other things. I'm I, really for the last few minutes, I kind of. I kind of see it more like the free-for-all. I'm just going to throw out a few things, not necessarily okay. elaborate on them, and then I'll kind of pass it around and see what you guys think. I think that app development is going to get bigger. Companies like Amazon and eBay have gotten this, right? They have their own app where you can just go in there and you purchase. I think that other companies, smaller companies, are going to start developing because developing apps is getting easier and easier. Platforms are being built so that business owners themselves can build their own app without having to outsource that to, to experts. I know the app development has become, I told, I said I wasn't going to elaborate on this stuff, but I lied. 
anyway, I'll just stop right there. App development is, has been big, has been getting bigger and bigger. And I just think uh, 2016 is going to be another year where, where we keep seeing more and more companies developing and promoting their own apps. Two, two more quick things. Wearable tech is going to be bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. And that is where digital marketers are going to find more and more opportunities to promote their, their products. I disagree with that, but go on. Well, I don't I think wearable, no, 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 I want to hear it. I don't think wearable tech is going to, I I think it's struggling personally. Really? In terms of marketing. Like, like I think are, are you specifically thinking of like the Apple watch or in general, everything? Just in general, I don't think it, in 2016, I don't think we're at the technology it needs to be oh. to be like a heavy hit, like, like something that I should okay. be focusing yeah, on. I, as a I, business. I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. If we're sticking to 2016, I, that's a valid argument. Uh, I will say that wearable tech, it's still big though. Apple watch is supposed to be like the biggest Christmas gift this year or something like that. Right. So yeah. Wearable tech still has its place in in digital marketing. They need or to in, in change tech. that operating system. They need to change a lot of things. We we don't need to get into that. That's well, another topic. <laughs> no, my point is like we they need to change that operating system before marketers can get a better hold on oh for sure the ability to use that as a marketing tool. Oh man, could you imagine marketers just having a field day with your wearable tech? <laughs> Holy cow! The last thing I'll say is virtual reality. I think over the last couple of years, VR has been growing and I I feel like we're right at that pinnacle or that tipping point where VR is just going to take off yep. as it becomes more accessible to the masses. Right now, it's super expensive, but they're going to figure out ways to make that cheaper and more accessible to those who who uh, normally wouldn't be able to afford that. Anyway, th- that's where I'll end. Let's just throw it out there real quick. How much time do we have? Uh, we got about two minutes. Okay, two minutes. I took three. I'll share the other two with uh, with you three. What do you mean? You have two minutes to basically throw out whatever last oh. minute predictions you have. No, I love that VR. I don't think anything's going to happen in 2016 regarding virtual reality, anything of uh, significance to marketing specifically, but that's going to be huge. Like I foresee someday when we're all wearing some version of Google Glass that has augmented reality, uh, we can see maps arrows pointing us telling us direction to go contact lenses yeah some i don't know something but basically once marketers can tap into that that's the end of traditional advertising basically as we know it that's the end of almost everything as we know it what's the point of having a computer screen when you can just have augmented reality put a screen on anything for you right so yeah it's gonna be huge but definitely not in 2016 probably not in uh in this decade hmm. i think we're closer to it than than that but Brandon, what do you got? Any any last predictions? Just real quick, I think there's going to be a lot more emphasis in terms of SEO on local search. Google, I mean, with all the changes they've made, you can't even uh, you can't even filter your search results down now to like a specific region. Mm-hmm. And with the new local guides program, which is a pretty cool way to gamify local reviews, I think there's I think there's a huge opportunity for local businesses to, in to, 2016 to gamify local reviews or to game local reviews. Gamify like lower local guides is like their new gamification program where you win a bunch of free crap when you discover oh, cool. new places. Check it out. Local I guides. Check that. it out. And then uh, I think just with mobile, I think we all agree that mobile, I mean, this was the year where mobile took over on search. I think we're going to see a lot more. And I think companies are going to have to start offering separate experiences on mobile and desktop right now. It's just responsive. It looks good. But B2B isn't done on mobile yet. So you got to make sure it's a different message, get them ready for search or get them ready for desktop and start pushing them that way. Yeah, I agree with the mobile side of things. 
I, I, I'm a little different on the app side, but uh, that's, on, that's my own biases. I, I see a huge move on, on Google. For example, they can spin up a, a, a temporary server where if a company has an app, I on my website, when I'm doing a web search on my desktop, I can see all the content from that app because Google is, is creating a, a virtual instance of that to be able to browse around without them even having a website. So I do see a lot of uh, development in that. I see a lot of movement. All right. Unfortunately, we are out of time. We didn't, I don't think we even hit a fraction of the predictions yeah. that we could have thrown out there. Thanks, you start doing hour long, hour long episodes. Yeah. That's for season two. Yeah. How about you? Let's ask the listeners right in, like send us an email or, or whatever tweet. If you want hour long episodes, if you think that's a good idea, let us know. Tell them where they can email us. Uh, what's our email address? Inbound. <laughs> Inbound at below the fold.io. Great. Let's enter last word uh, really quickly. I'm going to be pretty strict about the one minute, but you have 60 seconds to give any last word that you have. It's uninterrupted. I'll start this off. As far as predictions go, it's really tough, obviously, because we're not soothsayers. We're basically just guessing. And regardless of what happens, digital marketing is going to continue to grow. So if I were just to leave it at one prediction, it's that traditional marketing is on its way out as it has been for a long time, it's just going to be further out in 2016 and digital marketing is going to get bigger. The last thing I would say on that is Myriad Genetics is a perfect example of that because just in the last year, our department has almost doubled and we're generating more and more revenue and we are in a position now to prove to the leadership that there's a place for digital marketing, even in our, as Brandon put it, extremely boring industry. Okay, from, from there, that's my, that's my last word. We'll move on to Nate. What's your last word? Sure, I do, I do see uh, digital marketing changing quite a bit. I see the old style of things, honestly, going by the wayside because they don't have, they don't have data to back up any of, the, a, a, any of the reasons that they put out. I do see social changing quite a bit. I, I honestly am not, I'm, admittedly, I'm not the greatest fan of social. You won't see me putting a lot of uh, personally identifiable information on, on the web at all, be it social or whatever it is. And I, I see mobile web increasing quite a bit. Now, now, there's been a huge change in mobile because you're filling in every 30, to 30 seconds to a minute that people have of what they'll call free time. And so that consumption of content is quite a bit different than what, uh, what the desktop experience is. I believe there's a place for both of them, as Brandon mentioned. But I believe the transition is happening quick, and I believe that the market has to adjust with it or they're going to lose their audience. Awesome. Brandon, what do you got? If you are listening to this podcast and you are trying to figure out how to be the next big influencer, how to be the next pioneer and the next big thing on the web, I would say focus in 2016 building amazing VR experiences because I think throughout 2016, VR is going to be become more affordable to the masses of society. And by the time we hit 2017, you have got awesome experiences where when people get their first VR headset, you've already got content. You've got somewhat of a following. Uh, I think VR is going to be huge. And 2016 is the year to invest into VR experiences. Awesome. Thank you, Paxton. Let's, let's get your last word. Future's bright. I feel lucky to be in this industry. If you're not in this industry, definitely get in. <laughs> well, nice. Let's close shop. Typically, we send people to our website, but I'd rather send people to iTunes so go to iTunes, search us by Below the Fold. You can just type in Below the Fold. 
and leave a review. Listen to us. Give us your feedback. If you want to come to the website, it's belowthefold.io. 